Hey everybody, welcome to the Faith and Faith Podcast. I'm excited today. I've got Todd Turner joining with us today, and we're going to talk about the Batman, not just the Batman, Batman. with a V in front of it. Um, and I don't plan to be uh, holding back with spoilers, so spoilers. That's right. Ahead. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, no, uh, don't uh, jump in here if you don't want to know everything, all all the opinions and all the things. And um. Todd, you haven't, you and I haven't even actually talked about this yet beforehand. We literally just jumped right in here and I'm hoping you don't hurt my feelings. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to hurt your feelings. <laughs> Cause it's one of those things like uh, being a DC fan is about like being a Christian uh, in terms of like, it's the standard thing to, for everybody just to poop in your cornflakes about stuff. I got you. I understand. And, uh, so it's a, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons I haven't actually posted a review up till this point, just gotcha. because like you know, half of my feed is, I'll say this, this has been the most positive response for a DC movie in a minute, um, by and large. Um, but I've still got like, a, a there was a con promoter that, um, runs a show and I'll leave out where, um, in case you listen to this, there's a con promoter that was like, this movie was trash. It was completely stupid and blah, blah, blah. He's like, don't waste your time. And then the next day he asked me to do his show and I'm like, mm, I'll get back to you. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. And I have a lot to say about all the Batman movies in general. So, I mean, Let's not go. just, Let's not just this one, but full disclosure, I was, even though the first comic book I ever got was a Teen Titans issue one, I was a Marvel guy and I took a siesta from comics from 95, maybe 98 to about 2017 so there's a lot of like the snyder and tom king i like i literally came into batman at the end of tom king's run like the third issue i bought of batman was the death of alfred so that tells you where i came back into batman yeah my i uh but i've been a marvel fan forever but i've seen every batman movie in the theater except for the adam west but i do own it on vhs if that tells you anything did you see the um, Batman the Animated Series movie in theaters? No, see, I didn't. Ah, that so I take it back. I've not seen the animated. <laughs> it's close. I, was, I didn't. I didn't. Even, I didn't even know it was a thing. But apparently, yeah. me and Mark Hamill were the only people that saw it in theaters. Um, gotcha. Because he said it took him, I want to say, nineteen years for that movie to turn a profit. Really? Um, yeah. Gosh, and the cartoon's so darn good. And, and that's the thing. The movie was straight out of the cartoon. Um, but and it was their first big theatrical release after the 89 Batman era, oh, or the, yeah. a, after those movies. After those movies. Yeah. And nothing. Like yeah. so it was a huge failure. Um, oh, financially. Man. But it was a great, it was the Mask of the Phantasm. So oh oh yeah. Well, I have gone back to see it. I watched it on HBO Max. Thank you, HBO Max executives who are listening in. Yes. Yeah. So, and it's fantastic. But anyway, yeah, I, I just, I just put it out there. Can we talk about Batman? I mean, how do you want to do this, Hector? You just, you lead the way. I'll follow your lead. You go, so I, I just love to hear your thoughts. Go, let's go. We can. Um, I went and saw this by myself. Um, I literally texted out anybody want to see Batman at two o'clock, but I was sitting in the theater and it was one fifty-five or something like that. I, so, I saw that post. Yeah. You know, and my wife is a therapist. And she's like, uh, I said, honey, I don't expect you to go see this because I know, you know, it's going to be a dark and, and, you know, if you're a therapist all day long, 
you don't want to go to a movie and see something where you just think about it forever. So I was like, so I went by myself. Um, and I just loved this movie. Absolutely loved it. Um, my daughter and I, we recorded our, our episode of our podcast uh, on Sunday. And when I told her I was going to talk with you and she's like, darn it, Hector, we've got to get our podcast up first. <laughs> her garage band, her garage band has failed. So she can't even edit our podcast right now. So she's like, no, but um, basically I felt it was like a three act movie. Um, and like the final act took place after he rips up the carpet. And up until that point, I felt like it was a straight detective movie and thought, honestly, this could have been any movie, any detective movie without bat with just different characters. But with it being the Batman and the Riddler, it just meant so much more. I mean, Paul Dano's Riddler, I don't care what anybody says. I know, okay, there, there's no way in the world that anybody can wear a daggone suit with question marks on it in a movie based in today, it just won't work. You know, I, I get everybody upset. Oh, it's not the Riddler. Listen, man, he's the Riddler, 100%. I have, so I went in and saw this movie by myself, set by myself. There were people on either sides. There was one part in the movie where uh, it was the, it was the, I don't know. Anyway, there was like a little box. It was a clear box. And I looked at it. I said, it's a maze. And the guys, then immediately they go, it's a maze. And the guy next to me goes, did you, have you seen this movie? I'm like, no, man, it's the first time I've ever seen it. But uh, I, 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 I did that with the thumb drive thing. Oh, yeah. that I was great. I called that before, um, before it was like when it said the drive and I remember that his thumb had been cut off and I'm like, this dude's thumb's going to be attached to a, a, thumb, jump, a jump drive. And like, um, and like, I just said that my whole family was sitting right there because my family mm -hmm. knows the deal. <laughs> it's like for, for most superhero movies, we're all going in like, right. in like unison. And mm -hmm. um, I knew this one was going to be dark, but like, uh, I was like, I called the thumb drive and honestly, the little jokes like that, not that it, I don't need my Batman to be Lego Batman as far as humor. Yeah, exactly. But, but, but there's a place for Lego Batman. There's a place for Lego Batman. And the reality is just, uh his delivery with the thumb drive thing like i could i felt like looking at his face he was trying not to chuckle oh really <laughs> like like in his macabre sense that he's like mm -hmm. this is funny um but and then when gordon had to use it i thought that was great too but uh go ahead good yeah no i so, so i'm a guy who literally stood in line around the movie theater to see the 1989 batman movie twice and i literally i brought him up if you if anybody's visual this is the newspaper from lexington kentucky and cincinnati the weekend premiere of batman so and roger ebert hated it villainous script sends batman down to defeat so you know i was I, i've seen them all and i think they all have a different place in the time in which they're made and so there's people who hate on all the different Batman movies. And I'm, I'm just here to say, you know, no, they're all, they're all great in their own way. Even the Batflack. If I know people don't like Ben Affleck as Batman, but I will defend it. Um, when I first saw it, I didn't much care for it. But once I went back and watched the director's cut, it makes a whole lot more sense. Oh, absolutely. Um, and um, so this movie, it starts out, you know, it felt like a, a noir detective a lot like um, um, I did listen to the 
the LT, the uh, pull list podcast and yeah. you talked about it it and literally my daughter said this she goes it felt a lot like the long halloween like it could have been and then she's like oh if they do this until a long if they bring this all out and it becomes like a long halloween movie i, I said honey it already exists in animated form you know on hbo it's not great but it's there like no yeah i mean it's, it's good great, but it's, it's good right. but yeah yeah nowhere near as good as a comic book but um so i love the fact that he kept journals um it's a little bit creepy it, it did it that gave me strong rorschach vibes though because like just the way even the movie started yeah i mean it's like uh, it, like when he started talking i literally in my head heard rorschach's journal yeah like i'm like jackie jackie or was it what's his name jackie, jackie? earl haley yeah like, i was like yeah like you yeah human bean juice you know <laughs> it's, it's juice. i'll whisper yeah. down no <laughs> yes i i heard that um but i thought zoe kravitz's catwoman was phenomenal um, the whole interaction with her being the daughter of um, Carmine Falcone, I was okay with it. Um, that's that's in a book, is it? Um, and it's it's part of the Long Halloween series. So if it's not, um, which is because you know that's where he got the three scratches oh. on his face. Um, it's wherever that story plays out. So it's either in Dark Victory or Catwoman Win in Rome. Gotcha. Which is gotcha. all in the same bubble. Okay. that's the thing that you know, they played it out that way with that but no i thought that was great um because my like for the longest time the name falcone was never even spoken in batman movies and then between yeah. batman begins and this i thought it was kind of iconic that they gave us a basically a villain from each era because you got karma and falcone from the batman begins era you got riddler from you know the og yeah, from like Batman Forever style layer and the original. <laughs> yeah, but for for all those who haven't seen the movie, surely you've seen it if you're going to listen to this. This is this Riddler ain't nothing like Jim Carrey. But it, did you watch The Office at all? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, forgive me, Paul Dano, and your excellent portrayal of the Riddler. Um, once he's out of costume though, and he's just mm -hmm. um, it, he reminds me of Plop from like season eight and nine okay. of the office Let's see i quit <laughs> after michael left i quit sorry dropped off but i know who you're talking about i know the character yeah yeah and but still still he was extra i mean oh he was um, extraordinary but like in the in my mind like i just kept mentally seeing plop like delivering these lines oh, and stuff and i'm like nice. no i think it really hit me when they pressed his face against the uh counter in the coffee shop oh I was yeah like this looks like plop yeah because his glasses were a little bit off kilter and everything and and i'll say this man finish season finish the office <laughs> all right but then it's, I, all on, it's all on like I, flipping paramount or something which i don't have it's like uh, the only Peacock. streaming yeah, yeah i don't have it but it's only five bucks for a month you can you can yeah. knock two seasons out I, listen i'm i'm already having to knock out i'm three comic books every week i go to get them down I've, i'm my comic book pull list is so large i cannot afford another five dollars a month <laughs> no i feel you i feel you but it's <laughs> I'm just saying, like season season eight and nine aren't the strongest, but season nine has some of the best office moments. All right, um, I'll it, try it, just, it, it ends well. It ends well. Gotcha. Um, but uh, but Paul Dano was great uh, as a Riddler, and you know, it's it had that first the two first two thirds really did feel like a strong detective novel. Like um, I read a lot of Alex Cross, um, uh, James Patterson's detective that was played by like okay. Morgan Freeman and Tyler Perry. 
okay. respectively. Um, this could have easily been an Alice yeah. Cross novel. Like, and I think people that enjoy detective stuff are gonna would will enjoy this really well. Um, but keep going. What, what else you have on it? Um, I just thought, you know, it does change the tone of the movie does change after, you know, with the big explosion. I mean, you get you get some Batman fight stuff, whatever. But I thought this was a most honest portrayal. It seemed most very realistic, honestly. Um, that it that you know, yeah, this seems like this could happen. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the Batman stuff is like, oh man, that's just pretty far fetched. We're gonna make a chemical and put it in soap and deodorant. And when you use soap, deodorant, and hairspray, you have the Joker toxin or whatever. You know, that's never gonna happen. But um, the portrayal of the dark web, I mean, that's just flat out creepy, because there are people out there like that. You know, because I, uh, the Riddler gets help basically from all these people on the dark web you know oh let's get the ammunition here you can get you can get the get these masks here and let's make sure we use this type of rifle and everything and it just it felt like well i mean that yeah that's pretty creepy it could actually happen <laughs> um i still thought that the new mayor was going to be bad some way i don't know why i thought oh she's in on it but I guess she's not. I mean, who knows? Spoilers. Who knows? I don't. E- I don't who even knows? know. But um, I mean, no. I mean, it's the that's the thing. Gotham mayors have to have some level of potential corruption, even right. if it's not present, or they don't feel realistic. I mean, if you go back to the Dark Knight trilogy, the mayor there, you know, wasn't corrupt, but he looked like he could be shady. Yeah, and, absolutely. And um, fun fact: Did you ever uh? There's a uh, on the Tick TV show, the first live action Tick show, um, the one with Patrick Warburton. Yeah, um, the mayor from the Dark Knight trilogy plays Batman. Well, oh, nice. And so that's nice. So that was one. I have to go favorite. back and watch that. That's on Prime, I think. When, when I saw him as the mayor for Gotham, I'm like Batman. Well, that's hilarious. I am. Um, I literally up until the the third act the Riddler character could have been the Punisher. I mean, really, if you think about it, he's knocking off all the people that he knocked off. I mean, granted, we do have a little bit of a moral code we should live by, but by the standards, they were bad people. Yeah. And um, I mean, the Punisher wouldn't think a second, you know, it, he's a Marvel anti-hero, but basically up until he really goes psychotic and destroys and then kills innocent people up until that point um so my my favorite part of the whole entire movie was the was the conversation between batman and uh, paul dano's character the riddler at in the asylum i that was just fantastic (laughs) you know go ahead hector i was gonna say there's um like uh when he when Batman walked out of the apartment and he's like, uh, this could be the end of me or the end of Batman or whatever. And he walked out and, you know, and then that, let that portrayal of him just sitting there listening to him as he's like, wait like that. And he like looks seeing, up at the camera. Cause he knows it's all being recorded that somebody's and, watching it. And he's just like legitimately starting to tear up a little bit. Like, and I'm, I know that there's criticism about, you know, Batman being too emo with this, but like, I thought that was like, and then when he's like, he's the only one we didn't get, it's just like, and like the visible oh no he knew he knows 
he oh, knows. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. If you, um, one of my favorite stories, and I know we've mentioned before, but like Hush, um, there is a very iconic Arkham across the table conversation between Batman and the Riddler there. And I got very strong vibes of Hush. That, that interaction mm. at the end of Batman 619. And it's one of those things because he said he's telling him, uh, he's letting him know who, that he knows who he is. And, uh, and the Riddler is just like, well, aren't you worried I'm going to tell anybody? And he's like, no, because uh, what's a riddle? What's a riddle worth if everyone knows the answer? Oh, pretty good. And he's just like, no, it's just kind of like the end of it. It's just like, you know, nice. the conversation was over. He's just like, and he basically said, if you, if you tell what you know, it stops being valuable. Um, yes. But uh, so riddle me this. What is more valuable? The less you have of it. <laughs> A friend. Yeah. Oh man. The end. So did you, uh, I don't know if you've looked it up or did you recognize who was portraying the Joker there? It's the dude from the Eternals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I'm a little hard on that movie, but his character was one of the only ones I liked. Yeah. In that movie. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and it, it felt to me like it was very nothing to knock Jared Leto's Joker. Sorry, I'm not a big Jared Leto's Joker fan, um, but it felt it felt like they gave a little bit of space, you know, to Heath Ledger's Joker. You know, with his one little line says, Gotham loves a comeback story. You know, I was yeah. like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. So I, I think. Go ahead. go ahead, Hector. No, you what do you what do you think? How, how What are your feelings on it? I that's I I've looked back, especially and it's easy for me to catalog my thoughts on these films, because usually I end up writing about them and I'll right. go back later and read what I wrote. I was like, oh some rose colored glasses on this one um mm. like you know because uh i just in the new book there's going to be a chapter on like the the snyder cut of the justice league um okay. experience and going back and reading my first version of a devotional on like the justice league yeah. version i'm like mm -hmm. I, I had I had way less criticism verbalized than i actually felt and um and, you know, I, I, as a DC fan, I know that I can look and see that some of these things aren't amazing, but right. I, I, I hold to them just because I'm grateful. I, I really do hold on to Kevin Smith's. Yes, exactly. hundred percent. I agree with that. That, you know what, I grew up in it, you know, it was, wasn't very long into my life that, you know, you couldn't watch superhero movies on a regular no. basis. And now mm -hmm. we can literally check off when this one happens that we've got another one waiting absolutely and, and so i'm going to be grateful every time i get to watch a superhero movie in theaters and enjoy it or watching it at home um yeah so i'm always grateful for that so but i i personally loved it um i was really satisfied with storytelling overall i thought the cinematography was possibly the best cinematography in a dc movie flat out but definitely the best cinematography in a Batman movie. Um, Listen, though, does it ever not rain in Gotham? That's my only beef. Dude, it's got to stop raining eventually. It's no England wonder they got bro. flood walls. Yeah, for real. 
Uh, oh, and that, oh, and that's honestly a big point because, like, um, no other Gotham story has really pointed out the potential flooding issues there as much as this, because if you read books like the gates of Gotham, and if you even just look at the map, this is a series of connected islands. Um, and you know, the flooding, I thought it was a smart move to play. Um, mm -hmm. but I really, I really enjoyed, I thought I'll say this, that, um, the way that Pattinson portrayed the, the intimidation and the fear aspects of batman um that one line of uh you know they think i'm in the shadows i am the shadows i was I like, like shadows. i was like i like that that was really good but yeah. like uh, you know just he just slowly comes strolling out of the shadows and like you know well done i was like well and was even just... zoe kravitz going come on vengeance you know <laughs> yeah, like... that was great <laughs> and i that's I, I really enjoyed how they portrayed that stuff to that level of making the darkness because i thought one of the most effective elements of the cinematography and the storytelling of it was as they were doing that little um intro at the beginning where they were showing like three or four different crimes happening at the same time and they kept cutting to the shadows and it oh, was yes. almost like daring us as the audience mm -hmm. to guess which one he was going to come out of right and almost had a horror movie level of intimidation at that point yeah and um I just thought that was really, really effective with that. But then honestly, like uh, when at the end, when he lights up the flare and from that point on, everything's just brighter. I yes. just like just just really, really good visual storytelling with that. Um, and I remember one of the first negative reactions I heard from someone in the professional comic book world that I interact with that um, one of the first negative reactions I heard was at to the trailer when he was taking a uh, bullet fire. Oh yeah. In, in that scene, they're like, they're like, Oh, Batman's just going to be bulletproof now. And you know, the, the thing is this, if you really are a billionaire and you plan to fight crime and you haven't developed some bulletproof armor, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, I mean, black Panther can do it. I mean, oh, I was, I his, say, <laughs> yeah. His absorbs it and then returns it back on you. But, so. but like anybody that wants to complain about Batman having, uh, bulletproof armor but also is totally fine with spider-man having bulletproof armor yeah you got you guys even have armor yeah well he, in the like uh when he had the stark tech stuff his suit was bulletproof oh yeah yeah i think it was funny that somebody said you know we've talked about all this with spider-man but nobody has ever said how can a 17 year old sew so well i mean who does that <laughs> I, I see that dude i know enough cosplayers i i know some 17 year olds and that can do it yeah that's when i see that response i'm like listen you're missing out on a whole community that can sew but then i also think <laughs> that's exactly right i was like but then i went i actually turned around and thought i was like but i remember 17 year old me trying to sew so fair point yeah um, i couldn't do it at all um i tried it was ugly it was a mess um but i, I thought that was great um i really did feel like when uh pattinson walked into the room as batman just the weight of the fact that he could literally just turn and look and it'd be like mm -hmm. a whole conversation uh or or that the other police would get silent just the intimidation level of it, i thought was wonderful um, and i liked how because this is just year two for those of you who yeah, don't know this two. is just year two of batman um a lot of the cops still don't like him the police officers are like what's he doing here he can't come here and you know, basically Gordon's got his back the whole time. And I, Jeffrey Wright's Gordon, I thought was great. That was great. I felt like they didn't give him enough room to. Same like, thing with Andy Circus. Yeah. 
we, we didn't get enough Alfred. Uh, and neither of them got the chance to really, because I honestly thought the best moment that Gordon shined was when he was telling him to take the punch. Or oh, like, yeah. yeah, like I thought it was like, Casey's like, yeah, I thought that was the most Gordon I got to see out of him. And But you didn't get yeah. enough circus. You didn't get enough mm-hmm. um, of that, which I just think it's such a funny little turn of timelines that he went from uh, Venom 2 to this is just like oh yeah that circus directed venom too yeah and then was Isn't that crazy Alfred. and it's just like what a crazy world like you know, know and he's gollum i mean we can't get any better than that you're, you're the claw in marvel you directed venom you're gollum yeah. you're this and it's just like okay oh and snoke right yeah so he's just all over the place and it's just like what a fun career to have no um, kidding but uh i thought they did great uh i did think zoe kravitz was just like i never doubted her as catwoman i thought she did a great job with it um Turturro was east Turturro. I, I mean <laughs> again i mean i i thought he did good it doesn't matter every time i see him all i can think of is the big lebowski oh, and it is it you know is what the big lebowski oh well see I, when all i think of is a brother art though oh well that there you go that too yeah so like I mean I know I know he did I know his big Lebowski stuff but I I, I default him to as, yeah because even when we were even when I was watching the HBO Watchmen series um like uh the mirror guy um, yeah oh yeah yeah Tim Blake Nelson yeah I I default mm-hmm. I default him to oh brother as well so it's just like yeah I yeah I guess so I. But, I have to intentionally dial that okay. back. John Tutoro is in another TV show that you've got to check out if you have any way to watch. It's called Severance on Apple Plus. It it's something else. And I'll check it out. Whenever Ted Lasso season three drops, I'll I'll check it out. There you go. Yeah, you have to get it back and then watch that. Yeah, because no because I, I canceled it as soon as I was done writing for Ted yeah. Lasso. And um, well, there you go. Perfect. You can check um, that out too. But I saw that it was good. Uh, I, I saw a lot, a lot of people discuss that it was good. But uh, that was one of the things. I did not get the the level of intimidation from Turturro that I would have wanted. But I also don't know if that's my bias to him as an actor. Um, no, I, I could see that. I think that's true. He doesn't seem nearly as menacing as Colin Farrell's Penguin. No, no. And, and I, we haven't even mentioned that. We haven't mentioned no. his character. No. That uh, was freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know there are people like, oh, you should have cast an over, uh, you know, a heavier or a more whatever actor or whatever. I'm like, listen, man, uh, Colin Farrell, that beats bullseye all to pieces. I mean, <laughs> he- well, and, that, and that's one of those things that um, people are always talking about the comic book glow ups, like, you know, people that had a bad comic book role and then a good one. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, this is fantastic. You can't beat this. Like, I mean, he- so my kids didn't know who Colin Farrell was and they've never watched the original Daredevil, um, which might fix that. I don't know. Um, I liked it. I did too. I can't, I I can't mean, for, for that time period. But it's, it's based on the Kevin Smith comic book, basically, that yeah. he wrote. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But for that time period, it was a good movie. Um, exactly. But uh, they, uh, like his portrayal of that man was just freaking flawless but my kids had never seen who colin farrell was so uh the day after the um watching it there was he was doing an interview on facebook or something of uh his dialect coach and everything they didn't believe um, it did it i showed him they like quit playing 
I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm like this dude, is, that's the guy. It's like, this is him. And then um, the same thing, uh, you know, I haven't watched the Gucci movie um, or the, Mm-mm. I haven't watched that, <clears throat> but I was showing my daughter uh, pictures of Jared Leto and that. And um, mm-hmm. cause I was like, this is Morbius. This is the Joker. Yeah. And they're like, are you serious? Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things. Whenever a comic book character gets a good glow up, I'm happy for them. Yeah. Because some of them, you know, because a lot of these big actors that took early superhero opportunities, you know, we were literally in the training wheel stages of good superhero movies. Oh, so there's it's like Chris Evans in Fantastic Four. Chris Evans, uh, uh, with Ben Affleck, and you know, I, we'll talk about about a little the other Batman movies in a second too. Um, but like uh, Ben Affleck with uh, Daredevil, and again, I thought he did a good job for that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there, there's just these actors that did it. Michael B. Jordan, for crying out loud, like to go from yeah. Human Torch to Killmonger. Um, yeah, because that movie was horrible, and I'm a Fantastic <laughs> Four fan. It's- I know it's, it's you know. <clears throat> I, I thought about that. Mm. I was just like, you know, I, I wondered if you had any love for that one. Um, no, no, <laughs> bless his heart. So I thought all of those things were good. Um, I I like the little nod that I mean the where they take the penguin and they inter he's interrogating the penguin and then they leave him tied and up by his feet. Any waddles? Any waddles? <laughs> I was like, fantastic. No, that like we were we were dying. Um, I that, was too. I was like, does anybody else get it? I get it. I don't, nobody else around me thought it was funny, but I was like, that's classic. Yeah. yeah. That, that was wonderful. Um, my one like portrayal gripe as a, and that's not even a gripe. It's that this Bruce Wayne was done so differently than every other version of Bruce Wayne we've seen. Yeah. I heard you say that uh, on the other podcast, Kurt Cobain yeah. as Bruce Wayne. And I a hundred percent agree. That, that would be my biggest negative, if I have a big negative. I, his Bruce Wayne was just so brooding. I mean, it, it was darker than Batman, I think, in one point. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things, too. Um, I think in a year two setting, like, if we look at just how these stories have been portrayed over time, right. Um, right. the billionaire playboy Bruce yeah. wasn't always a part of batman right and And this is a young batman yeah so so we're still talking like 27 28 i guess by their account somewhere in there exactly and um the fact that once he establishes that and i did love that line that we both know that uh that's the like there's the line that that was the mask that who you are beyond that mask isn't the real you um Mm -hmm. i i've always loved that uh paradigm for batman but uh i just felt like that the billionaire playboy thing wasn't a thing yet but i think how powerful it'll be if he decides to start weaponizing that and then we come to the sequel of this and he's full-blown billionaire playboy like going at it that way yeah like um, i I like the whole year two thing i really do I, i like the fact that we don't i mean they treated it sort of like they treated the Spider-Man movie when it came out. We don't need a origin story. Everybody yeah. knows the origin. Um, there was a good comic book that's come out. I don't know if you've read it, but it was Batman, the imposter. And it's basically, it was Batman year one. And so it was really interesting how like these people are like, 
all these motorcycles they find stashed all over Gotham. Well, it's because at that point, Batman doesn't have the network that he does. Like he's, he's ran wires from buildings to buildings that people are finding. And that's because that's how he's been getting around because yet he doesn't have the network. And I felt like this felt a little bit like that comic book, you know, because he doesn't have the whole network of stuff stashed in the secret hideouts. I mean, granted, he does have the cave, um, but you know, I, I felt I, I really enjoyed that. I, I, I like the newness of the Batman, you know, and a hundred percent agree that the bat symbols, the gun, I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> They, they, they showed it so they, it was such a big emphasis at so many parts of the movie that it was like, there's, you know, the detachable Batarang is important. There is an importance to this character for wearing that. And I a hundred percent agree with you. Well, I don't know if you believe that or not, but I know oh, that's I, I really, a rumor. I, but I want it to be true. So, I want it to be true too. Um, but if for, just for anybody that's watching this, that didn't know there's a, in one of the, a recent story that Kevin Smith wrote, he wrote that the great one um one of the best man it's uh that the battering in the center of his chest is molded from the deconstructed portions of the gun that killed his parents and yeah i mean mm -hmm. and just the way that he had it there um i mean i just i love that portion but uh i really did feel like that that was the weakest part and um what was the weakest part just uh bruce wayne sorry uh yeah that bruce wayne was the weakest but at the same time uh like i i I think people are going to have the biggest problem with it because they're expecting him to be fully developed when he wasn't fully developed. Exactly. And I, feel, yeah. I feel like that a public persona of Bruce Wayne uh, is going to be a further developed arsenal of Batman's. And I had this discussion with my daughter. I was like, we're coming off. The last Batman we had was Ben Affleck's Batman, who not only was he, he's the old Batman. I mean, he's been around forever, right? So the, the last Batman we had is completely different. I mean, this is a guy who's just now learning who he is, coming into what he's doing. Um, we don't know, you know, how far, you know, removed he is from being, is he even involved in, is there a Wayne Industries? I don't know. Did they even talk about that? I don't even, I don't think they mentioned anything like that. They mentioned Wayne Alfred Tower, does, but you know, yeah. not a lot. There was not a there was not a Lucius Fox presence. There was not a presence right. to that. I think they, Alfred may have mentioned board members at one point, but like maybe I can't even remember. Gotcha. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. Out of all of this, um, or by the way, did you uh, do the stuff uh, in the post credits? I did not. I literally. Okay, this is another thing for folks listening in. I thought i was gonna have an accident oh me sitting too, dude. in the chair and was, i'm like i was struggling <laughs> i text my daughter do i need to stay for this or can you tell me what happens and i won't be disappointed she goes i can tell you what happens and it'll be all right so i said good because i got to go to the bathroom so bad i mean 176 minutes not including the previews so no but did you go to the did you do it did you go to the um i didn't do it personally i watched someone do it online today there you go um so uh if you go to the website of rata alata or however you say it um if you go to the website and you uh decipher it um there's information that comes like is uh it basically boils down to nothing's over it's not done 
Right. Uh, did you really There's think more to come, basically? Right. But then what happens is it gives you a set of coordinates that break down, and each coordinate um, points to a specific issue of a Batman comic book where an element of the story came from. That now that is cool. So if you and you can pull, pull up the graphic of where of all the coordinates, um, but all the coordinates uh, point to specific stories that elements came from the final one is uh that's in the coordinates is one that nothing has come from yet uh it's the first appearance of two-face oh and it's the first time we fully get arkham asylum in the comics and so they're pointing to it that uh the next movie or whatever is going to be arkham focused Oh, yeah, and, but now isn't uh, there supposed to be a TV show that like a Gotham PD that's p- pretty much going to be? So the Gotham PD has been shelved. Oh, no! Wow. Okay. Um, that has been shelved, and uh, Matt Reeves said they're moving their focus over to Arkham. Okay. There, now, you go. there is going to be a story that's told, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but it's not just going to be on Gotham PD. It's going to be more all-encompassing. Okay. Um, and we're still going to get some of this Gotham. Sh- uh, not shelved out, uh, fleshed out in the Batgirl movie. Right. Um, which takes place in the same universe. And because I've seen some photos of Jeffrey Wright as Gordon. Oh, in that movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, because the Batgirl is his daughter. Um, oh, awesome. So it's Jeffrey Wright's daughter. And, it's, yeah, for realsies. Yeah. Um, not the actress, but like, you know, the character. I understand. No, no, no. Yeah. Like, yeah good um but so they're they're going that route with it um but also like uh if you haven't seen it the the firefly costume oh yeah for brendan fraser Mm -hmm. looks like it still fits into this bubble like super realistic Mm -hmm. he looks like a steampunk cosplayer um gotcha but uh i think that's gonna be something that's gonna be developed in it more and honestly like i i would look forward to this but i feel like this was there I'd say out of all the people I interact with, I had probably 12 people that said this movie was horrible or it was a waste really? of time. Yeah. And it's, and you know, one of them is a Comic-Con showrunner. One of them is somebody that works with like San Diego. One of them yeah. is like, I mean, there's some people that are pretty deep into this industry yeah. that were just like, eh. And I'm like, I thought, honestly kind of- though, Hector, I don't know. I don't want to get off too far off the rails. The, the whole entire for those who collect comics, I mean, we've been inundated with Batman. Like there are some weeks when I go to get my comics and all I've got are bat titles. And honestly, I don't know if you read the latest issue of Batman, but they shit set it, setting up another thing called the shadow war and I'm dreading it. Oh yeah. I mean, I have felt like the Batman comics honestly have let me down lately. And, um, going to this movie felt like a breath of fresh air, honestly, as opposed to the comic books other than the, I'm going to say it right now. Detective comics is killing it for me right now. And I would get it just for the backup story for that alone. But anyway, but I, I feel like Tom Kings was great up until um, let's say around issue up until the wedding thing was some of the best Batman. Uh, so yeah. about issue 50, but gotcha. like, and you know, I, I, I I came back into comics. So I took a break like you did. And um, but my break uh was from like 92 to 
2002 or 2000. Oh, so you got you got the Court of Owls. You got all that. So that I was ju- good stuff. I jumped in on Hush. Oh yeah. See, that's so when I, I I collected Hush and then stopped. Yeah. So that's where I quit. So in the city, the one that followed Hush was not great. Broken City by Azarello was not one I enjoyed. Now wait a minute. I've got Broken City too. That came right after Hush. Okay. Um, good art though. Good art. Um, but it was just like I felt like it was just a a grim story. But um, right. Like you know, so I've been through all of Grant Morrison's run of like you know everything that he did from Damien on. Um, I've been mm. through you know, Snyder's stuff. I've been through King's stuff, and that's been the. Yeah. Those those have been the primary bat storytellers in the last twenty years, right? Um, and I I just this was about as good as it got. Um, I agree. I, I felt like it, a detective comic, honestly. You know, Batman is supposed to be one of the best detectives, and it felt like the opening scene felt a little bit like Sherlock. I mean, he looks around, he sees things that other people don't see, and um, except you know. Sherlock's a high-functioning sociopath and Batman. I actually you could see a little bit of his tenderness in in his character too, especially for the child. Oh yeah. Um the son, you know, it was like that was a focal point throughout the whole, you know. And um so yeah, I don't know. Whatever you want to say, I just I'm just rambling. Well, it's just one of those things that like I I full I had I literally braced myself for a day or two before this movie dropped just for all the negativity. Because like being a DC fan usually means that when a movie drops, it's my my stuff is flooded with negativity. Right. Um, I get so you. I was just like, I don't, I don't even want to know. Like, I don't even care. And um, just I was grateful that like at the end of the day, like I could be really happy with this movie and think it was great. And um, and it's, it's just one of those things that you know I had that thought of like when Pattinson was cast. Um, I was like. I know his acting range, but I also, I was disappointed. Oh, you think it was sparkle, sparkle pants, sparkle. <laughs> well, I, I, I was disappointed that they gave us a Batman that came preloaded with cynicism because um, most of the world only sees Robert Pattinson as Edward from Twilight. Right. So like y'all couldn't have given us somebody with a little less, you know, collateral damage already attached to him. But, but the thing is, though, Hector, they've been saying that about every Batman ever cast. Every Batman. You're giving us Michael Keaton, the guy from the, Mr. You know, the guy from Mr. Mom. I mean, you know, and that wait, Christian Bale, the Newsies guy, you know, <laughs> the guy was in, you know, and then, of course, yeah, everybody hate Ben Affleck. Oh, the guy from Geely, you know, it, it's or the, well, Daredevil was what got him the most you know backlash with that yeah so on, on that let's transfer over real quick um mm-hmm. where if if you were to if you were to rank all of your batman movies where where does this one fall i can't rank them i i honestly can't uh the the issue for me oh, oh okay don't not even rank it just in uh let's drop it in pers- like even quadrants with this being like the top 25 percent for you Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would, I would say my, my favorite, my four favorite Batman movies. I'm sorry, Adam West. I love it. Um, the dark Knight with Heath Ledger is fantastic. Um, this movie, um, I said four, didn't I? 
Did I miss one? Well, let's go with that. Oh, in the 89, the 89 okay. Batman. So, um, yeah, I would say it's right up there with those. What about you? I feel like this and the Dark Knight are very close to each other. Um, and like the the thing, I feel like the Dark Knight would be a perfect movie if it weren't for um, the pseudo-political co uh, commentary with the wiretap stuff. Like uh, at the mm. time when they were doing the, yeah. that stuff, that mm -hmm. was something we had just gone through as a nation. And I felt like right. that was it was a little heavy handed at that point in time. Now, right now, when some when like my eight year old watches it, she's like, mm. he doesn't get that reference. But it's like then right. it felt kind of heavy handed. Mm -hmm. um, but I for me, the. Um, I struggle with the. Uh, I struggle with the campy or um, I get you. Yeah the not even like if i feel like they don't get the character of who batman's supposed to be um like the Clooney one um like pulling like i mean that was schlock in some areas mm -hmm. like just a, yeah. just but it was intentional yes. but it was just like um like I, I i don't find myself filled with joy when i watch that. gotcha um, yeah and i struggled those holy like, rusted I, metal batman <laughs> yeah, that's like I actually did. I really did like that line, um, but that's the thing. And I think that I don't know if that's the movies were bad, or I've just gotten more cynical no. as I've grown up. No, those movies were bad. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, actually, but, Hector, I went back and watched um, the the Danny DeVito Batman yeah. Returns. It's horrible. Honestly, I'm sorry. I mean, when it came out, that's the thing. So the Batman movies. When they came out, at the time they came out, they were made for that time period, honestly. I mean, the the Adam West, the Partridge family, Brady Bunch, Adam West, Batman. I mean, that's what it was. You know, I'll never forget, he's holding that bomb running around. He can't get rid of the bomb, you know. And yeah. uh, why didn't you just blow up the bar? Well, they may be drinkers, Robin, but they're still human beings. You know, I, so, you, you know, at that time, it was a great movie. And my kids still love it. Hannah actually said, maybe we should shrink all the world leaders and have them all turn to dust and then bring them back again, rehydrated with the wrong languages. Maybe we'll get some things fixed in the world. I was like, that might work. You never know. It worked for Adam West. But, and then, you know, in 89, Prince doing the music. Are you kidding me? Prince did, did the music for a Batman movie. I mean, I never thought I'd see that in my entire life. And, um, and then even the Dark Knight, I went back and watched the Dark Knight again just this past week. And I'm like, wow, in the light of what we can do now, this, this movie, if it was made today, would just be an okay movie. You know, Batman Begins, Batman Begins. Oh, it yeah. would just be, it would just be an okay movie. Um, but back then. I mean, even, even then some of the design and the technology and stuff like that, you know, for Batman Begins was rough. Like, you know, I need to be able to turn my head when I'm pulling out of the driveway, like that kind of thing yes. with the, the cow. <laughs> yeah exactly and um you know i'm a gamer so i played the the batman begins video game port where they retold the entire story as a video game oh wow um and that was up until the arkham games that was the last batman game wow that's 
that's there's a big that's a big break it is so to go from batman begins until arkham that, that was a, a big thing and uh I mean, but Batman Begins was so huge. Like, do you remember the MTV Movie Awards at the beginning? They did this whole entire Jimmy thing. Jimmy Fallon. The, yeah. That's freaking priceless. And then it turned out I to be like it. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. It was like, yeah. I just finished laying the last brick. You know, he rips up the roof or whatever. I mean, so even just in pop, pop culture, it had such a big, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. So I, I remember in my first batman movie experience because like i said i saw i went to see all of them in theaters um i did not make it all the way through 89 um because at that point in time and i know we're we're different generations i was eight. Oh yeah uh when that came out yeah and when i was the, engaged <laughs> so there yeah. you go yeah uh, when the joker did the hand buzzer thing and oh, yeah. tried the dude. It scared Woo-hoo-hoo! me. Oh it, yeah, it, it scared eight year old me. Time and then, yeah, and that was hand. like I could watch it now, and it's like, oh, that was pretty great. But like, I, I, uh, I no. literally went and sat in the bathroom for the rest of the movie. Oh man, I didn't see it till it came on TV uh, before Batman gotcha. Returns came out. Gotcha. Um, but like, it was just one of those things. I've grown up with it, and that's I, why I say I'm grateful for every time a movie comes out because you know, we get a little bit closer and we're going to be able to look back at these things and say, okay, we saw the effort. We see, you know, forward motion. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that a uh, green lantern found like new life on Netflix, like that people were watching that and just enjoying it. And I'm like, and wasn't the dude who played, wasn't the, the villain in that, wasn't he in the, the, the Batman, the DA scars guard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he. Anyway, that was it. Well, and that's that's the thing too. Like, uh, they're they're making Green Lantern jokes in the promotion for that movie, Free Guy. Um, oh yeah, because uh, I can't ever say his name right, but YT or Takai. Um, oh YT, yeah, which has a new 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 series out on HBO Max. I, I just started it. It's really. Cool. I haven't watched it yet. It looks. Uh, pretty our funny, flag means yeah. death. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, I know gentle, exactly who you mean. The Gentleman Pirate. Okay. Well. Um, he was Ryan Reynolds sidekick in Green Lantern. For serious? Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it now. And so when they're promoting Free Guy, it the two of them are sitting there. And yes, this is our first time working together. And <laughs> and um, then like the people, like the kid from Stranger Things, one of the other ones were like, weren't you guys in Green Lantern together? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm moving on. <laughs> That's awesome. So I have to check that out. I didn't even I didn't even rec- I didn't even realize that. Because you remember he had the Eskimo sidekick from the comics. Oh um, yeah. That was that's that's him. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, yeah. so that was his sidekick from you know the Green Lantern movie. But it's just like I think looking back at these, you know, it's I don't think we see all the warts as badly, but then again, I think sometimes we see more warts than there actually are because some of these things that are older, we look back and we're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as we thought. Because like for me, like I hated the prequel trilogy for Star Wars when it came out. And now my kids grew up watching it and they love it and them loving it made me love it. And I know. I went back. I'm so stoked for Moon Knight coming out that I've went back and I've started watching everything that Oscar Isaacs is in all over again, you know. So I went back and watched what episode, you know, the Force Awakens and and I remember being really rough on them when they came out. And I'm like, eh, they're not bad. 
mm-hmm. I like it, you know. So, so are you gonna? Does that mean you're gonna watch X Men Apocalypse? And oh, I've seen it. it. I will watch it again. Yeah, and Annihilation. He's in Annihilation, which is a great movie. If you've not seen that, I've not. It's really good. Um, yeah, I know that was a terrible movie too. <laughs> Gosh, just stop with it. Just stop with it. All right. So, uh, what was like? Uh, did you have any other things that really stood out to you for the Batman that were just any favorite moments or anything? Um, I thought the way they introduced um, the Joker was fantastic. We all know it's the Joker. Um, the I w- I loved Alfred working on the acrostic, the trying to breaking the code. I, I loved watching Alfred work on that. That was really good. I mean, we didn't get a lot of Alfred, like you said, um, but just the, how the whole entire plot that the Riddler had, how it all came in. And he literally told, tells Batman, we work great together. We're a great team. You know, like we're on the same side. I couldn't, I couldn't get in there to kill him, you know? So thanks for bringing him out into the light. You know, I, this, it was so, the story was so thought out. The plan was so huge. Um, this, like, and I just, I really appreciate that. I mean, it kept me on the edge. I've not been really excited and like, sort of like, oh my gosh, this, what could happen? What's going to happen in a Batman movie in a long time? I don't know. Um, for like, I'll, I'll go back to one of my favorite things. Just say this. I actually really enjoyed ben affleck as batman um i did too and it's just one of those things i know that if he would have had a different script to work with i think he would have been really solid i'm sad that you know one of his batman movies was suicide squad um yeah that the was, first one that was, that was um but yeah. I, i've watched it 30 times so yeah i mean what can i say <laughs> um I mean, but I think I think he did a really good job. Um, again, he wasn't a detective, but as far as like a dark, gritty, um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like he did a good job, and I was not disappointed with him. Um, I don't. I feel like uh, maybe outside of Clooney, I don't know anybody that I've ever been just like, why? Like I get it, but um, I, I feel like even Val Kilmer. I thought Val Kilmer was a good batman and a terrible bruce wayne there you go because um i honestly feel like val kilmer's bruce had less personality than pattinson's absolutely 100 percent um he was ice man yeah (laughs) that was it he he was cool and calm and Mm -hmm. cold Mm -hmm. but there was no there was no personality i thought that uh yeah christian bale probably gave us the best bruce i'll agree with that hundred percent, hundred percent agree with that. And so I think they've done a good mix and it's just really hard to find somebody who does a good balance of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Ben did a great balance, but he wasn't the best of anything like, you and, know. I, and I'll say it again, watch the director's cut. Oh yeah. Snyder's the cut. Dawn is, of Just- the Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice. Yeah. The director's cut. Oh, absolutely. It, it's it. The movie is so much better. Anyway. Well, it, it put so many other story pieces in there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll say this one of my favorite parts out of all of the Batman, um, because we spend most of the story watching him be a ground level hero, um, like literally on the ground. Um, that when he gets up to 
the roof to escape from the police station um, or wherever that he was, he was escaping from. Yeah. And he runs to the edge and he goes, Oh, <laughs> yes. That yeah. filled me with joy. I know. Um, it was like, Oh wait, what am I going to do here? <laughs> um, because like, there's not been a Batman iteration in my memory where he walked up to an edge and was nervous. Yeah, exactly. He's always been daredevil, the man with no fear. And this was the fact that he was actually taken aback yeah. and like, was like, huh, like, and then he had to like steal himself. Okay. And then he zipped that sucker up and he had and, all those. And then he like, got just utterly wrecked doing it. I know. Um, <laughs> At the end. Which yeah. that reminded me of the thing from Batman Begins of like after the Scarecrow fight and he ended up like falling yes. out the window. But like, you know, that to me, humor, but also, okay. No, nah, I mean, yeah. It's this the right is somebody, amount. This is somebody who has decided who he's going to be, but he hasn't nailed it yet. Exactly. You <laughs> get to see his, hum- it's a humanity side. You get to see his humanity, honestly. And so that literally was one of my favorite parts of the entire thing was watching him cool. like, like, ah, at the, the <laughs> edge of it. Um, well, hey, I got a question for you before we wrap this up. What is your favorite Batman story? That's a tough one. That is a tough one. Um, like, it's easy for me to default and say hush. Um, I got you. Uh, one that, like, in just on the bias Jesus level, like, I yes. really like Batman the Chalice. Um, I don't know if you ever read that one. No, I don't. I it's haven't. A bit, forgive the super deep pun on this, but it's a grail for you. You need to pick it up. I got um, you. But the book is literally... Um, Batman gets his hands on the Holy Grail. Oh, nice. And um, he didn't have to use the Holy Hand Grenade. Yeah, yeah. Um, he gets his hands on the, uh, like he threw a, a thing that this cup was passed down to be guarded mm-hmm. by the Waynes. Oh, I got you. Um, the chalice. Yeah. All right. I'll um, check it out. I want to say it's Chuck Dixon. I could be wrong. Um, oh. But uh, it's, uh, he, he gets his hands on the, the Holy Grail and uh everybody and their mama is coming after it gotcha. so um the league of assassins is coming penguin mm-hmm. and every gangster in gotham is coming um all these people and it's uh like batman got shot somewhere in the possession of it and he pours some water into it and then pours it and, and it heals his bullet wound oh uh thank you sean connery yeah and exactly and they're like and he's just doing it. And um, so Oracle, the entire time, this isn't the Oracle era, she's like hogwash, shenanigans, mm, Tom gotcha. And so she does this carbon dating, molecular examining of it. Mm. And when she does it, she finds that the gospel is literally written into the genetic code of it. Oh, wow. So th- there's this moment where Oracle <laughs> is like sitting dumbfounded like and it's talking about jesus like on the molecular level yeah and she's just like taken back from it and uh like there, there's just all these like biblical conversations that take place mm-hmm. and then um like there comes a moment where batman's just like i can't do this mm-hmm. and he just calls superman to come and hide it <laughs> nice that's so he's funny. like if i try and hold on to this I'm going to get killed and 
there's Gotham's yeah. gonna get torn apart for this thing. So he just has Superman nice. come fly it away and hide it. Um, that that's one of my favorites, um, just because it's obscure, but it's also fun and you get a little Jesus in it, which is fun mm-hmm. for me. Um, yeah, but I think one of my go tos is Hush. Pretty steadily, I'm looking at my um hardback shelf over here. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I stand by that pretty pretty easily. Um, what are you? I've got something big that I haven't even opened. Um, That's always fun when you find something big that you haven't opened. Yeah, I I, I really do. I think Hush is for me one of my, because um, I feel like in comic terms, I feel like that's one of the peak moments for, this is about as good as it gets on those lines. Um, but also some of the, early tom king batman stuff i thought was really great too yeah um what about you that's a hard one yeah i growing up my favorite was you know death in the family yeah um going back and rereading it not so much no (laughs) Um, but it's got early mike mignola covers and i remember getting the book and going to my grandma because she was the one who bought my comic books for me at the time and i was like i can vote whether we can kill this robin or not can i make this phone call and she's like no it's like 99 cents you're not calling a 1-900 number for 99 cents to vote whether to kill or not kill a comic book character and i was like oh it's a it's a kind of a creepy thing in retrospect I know. Well, I think the score was like three thousand to two thousand or I mean it wasn't like a huge number of people. No, no, it was pretty close. Yeah. And uh so that but other than that um the dark knight returns um the i i collected those as they came out and just the whole entire thing with batman faking his own death and uh the the heart started beating at the last and clark you know superman hears it you know i love that part um the my favorite standalone book is a it is a, a world's finest. So it's a Superman Batman. And we all know Superman doesn't do well with the magic. And um, so it's a vampire book. But what happens is, is they think they have killed Batman. He they goes, he, he like drowns in quicksand. They kill him. They don't kill him. And at the end, you know, the vampires get ready to whatever to Superman and stake through the heart. And it's Batman all covered in sand and everything. And he's like, you just, you, you, you don't drown in quicksand if you don't lose your nerve and you swim like it's water you just have to do it very slowly or something like that something very, i just love that book you know batman with a stake killing the you know I, that would be mine i'd have to go with the you know the frank miller four issue i just love that collecting those and you know pretty much that i the killing joke is great um but it's it's creepy but it's creepy it's it's uncomfortable and uh, it is uncomfortable and i mean i i really do love a lot of the stuff that um came out like uh, that 2003 ish era when it was red hood was starting and hush was concluding stuff i thought that was a great era um one i don't remember what issue it is but something i've got i've got a mignola batman autographed Oh wow! That I met that him in cool. person, and he signed it for me. And that's um, pretty neat. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, his covers were 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 gorgeous. The covers. Oh, were his gorgeous. covers are gorgeous. I'm looking at my Batman shelf too, see if there's anything else that really 
Um, there's been just so much. Um, well, oh, you I, know, the White Knight's the, been good too. Yeah, it's been fun the whole entire run on that. Um, the uh, my favorite, my new, I guess my new favorite, this recent come out storyline was the Batman Red Hood storyline that was in um, uh, Urban Legends, Batman Urban Legends, first seven issues or six issues of that. I think it was Sadarsky wrote that. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Like Loved issue that. four of that was like, I think one of the best ones. Was that the one with the riddles? I think so. See? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Well, that, that's I, been my. I'll say Kingdom Come 2 is also a really great Batman story. Oh, Kingdom Come 2. Or also. Also. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great. That is a good Batman story. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah, you know, I found they had uh, four issues of those at a half price books, and um, they were just bound for like fifteen dollars or whatever, ten bucks, something like that. So I just got them. They they were like taped together, you know. I get them home, open them up. They're all autographed by Alex Ross and Abusiak, <laughs> or no, Mark Wade. Did Mark Wade write that? Yeah, yeah, all of them autographed, and I was like, this can't be real. You know, and I've got a friend who's like a huge Alex Ross fan and he's got bukus of stuff. And I'm like, Ed, will you take a look? He goes, man, where'd you get that? I'm like, is this legit? He goes, yeah, that's a religion. So yeah, that was like a great find, but those are great books too. Yeah. Kingdom come. So just the last question I ask you this is, um, what do you, where would you want to see um, Batman move forward in, at this stage in the game, be it uh, in cinema and in print? Um, I'm tired in print. Let me go with print straight up because I'm tired of these humongous crossovers that tell convoluted stories with 7 million characters. And it seems like there's not, it's a story you could tell in like three issues. I'm tired of that. The whole, what was it? The Tinian's run on fear state. Now, I mean, the best thing that for me, that's come out of fear state is the fact that the scarecrow is now in Arkham tower and he's got Nightwing. So, but that's in, that's in got the detective comics, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd like it to, I don't know. I, as far as Batman goes, I really like this, this detective aspect of this. I don't know how they can, how they can go forward. The Riddler really lends itself to be a detective uh, story. Um, so, as far as it goes in the movies, um, I don't know. I think you've, I, I would, I don't know if you can go straight into, straight into the Joker. I mean, uh, it feels like that's what they're thinking, but they could just tease that a little bit more. Um, but I, I don't want them to have 18 villains. We don't need a thousand villains in it. Um, although Spider-Man did pretty good with all the villains that they brought in, but those were characters that were already established and we already had connection with all of them. Um, so I do think we need, I don't know. I don't, don't bring Roz. We don't need Roz. Um, so I would, I would definitely say, you know, I don't know what villain would you, would you see in the next one? So um, I would like to see Hush done well at some point in time. 
Um, oh, absolutely. Um, and I think on a detective level, it could mm-hmm. work really well. But it um, could. If you, I don't know if you noticed um, that uh, the reporter that got silenced. Oh yeah, that was Elliot. Was that the, the reporter that got silenced? Was Elliot, and they mentioned something to the effect that it left him alone with a widow and a child. Yes. And so what if that came because because that got caused by the wings. Yeah. Um and well indirectly. Indirectly. That it indirectly got caused by the Waynes, or at least that would be something easily enough believed by a child. And that he would Correct. be it they could tie that back into the hush story that came later is just that he was mm-hmm. bitter that he still had a mom and didn't lose both his parents. Where yeah. he could be rich and have an inheritance, right? And if that played into it somehow, I don't know. But like, and I, I would, and it, and you could you could get that little convo with the Joker in Arkham, or yeah. with Riddler in Arkham. Well, and that too. Um, I think that was one of my biggest disappointments was when they made that animated Hush movie and just did what they did with that. Um, I didn't watch it. Please don't. Okay. <laughs> um, because one of the things is they almost make three-fourths of the movie shot for shot hush like the book and then they change something they change something big and it's gross and it's lame um but also really plays into this movie Mm -hmm. so um, so you'd like to see hush what about in print what would you like to see them do um i'd like to see them either I feel like we need some distance from Catwoman at this point. Um, yeah, she's everywhere. She's everywhere. And then to play the wedding Rick roll was, you know, and, and I don't know that the, that the Batman Catwoman comic would, would it will ever be finished. It's take, seems like it's taking forever. It does. Um, um, and I would honestly like to see, I would, I think what would make me happiest in comics is actually, seeing bruce have healthy relationships with his kids and yes. um mm-hmm. intentionally training them to do better gotcha like instead of instead of having the ghost maker uh train the clown hunter so that's what he's got going on right now yeah and that's one of the things that Crazy. one of my favorite moments and it was in tom king's stuff as he was kind of wrapping up was when he called them all onto the roof together yes um mm-hmm. i'm like you have a whole network of people that you could be training to do so much good and right like instead of just putting out fires and i think now, that was it was it robin or nightwing where they had the group text message the family group text text message did you read that that issue yeah. where they're texting back and forth yeah i think it might have been robin yeah i can't remember but i was like yeah that's fantastic i mean i don't know about you guys but we have a family text message thread I'm sure we're just getting there because my uh, kids are, yeah. My oldest daughter just got a smartphone and my middle daughter (laughs) just inherited her older sister's flip phone. Gotcha. So, yeah. So, so, um, I don't know. As far as Batman goes, my favorite Batman title right now is of course, Nightwing and the Joker comic book, which isn't even a Joker comic book. No, it's a Gordon comic book. It's a Gordon comic, which is fantastic. And, but yeah nightwing is just amazing and i'm i would also like to stop having nightwing crossovers so that we can just have a nightwing story 
Oh yeah, because now it's Nightwing and Kal El. Yeah. Which, Although I mean, the the whole thing with uh, the him, I don't know. This is what has gone off the rails a little bit, but where they go to save a young Cal, uh, <clears throat> a young Superboy in the cave. Did you did you read yeah, that? That was great. And he's like, that was great. Well, now yeah. the what does lend itself is that the same guy is writing both of those books. I know Tom Taylor, and yeah. we get new deceased. So. <laughs> I'm for it, man. I love Tom Taylor. Dark Knights of Steel or whatever. And that's really good too. That's surprising. A, a, a fantastic. Yeah. Well, Todd, I hope this got some of your Batman discussion. I did. I've been like dying to talk about this. I was like, can we talk about Batman? And somebody was just don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, I saw that. Everybody said, (laughs) it's like nice. That was a good Uh, one. And that's, I'm actually planning to go watch Batman like tonight again. And, um, oh man, well, when we take a catheter or some depends, <laughs> some emodium, something, um, <laughs> just it's a lot. I mean, it's just like you know, we d- I dealt with it for end game, but like, yeah, this is a lot, yeah. but it's good, it was worth and, it. And I'm looking forward to it being on an HBO in like a month, so that's nice. Oh, yeah, hey, I think Dune comes back this week, so Ooh, okay, sweet. Yeah. I get to get my Oscar Isaacs fill again. Yeah. Well, thank you, Hector, for having me. I'm so glad we got to talk about Batman. I know oh, you love you love you some Batman. And- I do. It's just one of those things I try and uh, you know not cast my pearls before swine, so to speak. So just gotcha. like, and I mean, I know it's faith and fandom. There's so many spiritual. We could that that's in a whole other thing. Well, that's one of those things. Like uh, I talked to my editor. Uh, I called my editor last week on like a uh, Wednesday. I was like, are you done with the book? Like, are you done? He's like, I have not really started. And I'm oh, like, good. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, cause I wanted you to be done. So I didn't feel compulsed to write a Batman chapter. And, oh, um, <laughs> so I didn't, but you know, we'll see how that goes. Cause I'd still marinating and I've only watched it once, but I really, that last speech that Batman made about hope. Yeah. Um, at the end of that, like I started taking notes and then he was talking too fast for me to take notes. That's so funny because I literally, I literally made a message. I need to come back and watch this with a notebook and a pen. I yeah. literally want to do that. Most of my second viewings involve notebooks and pens and um, I'll sit there and do it. Um, or, you know, the only time I've asked anybody to cheat for me was uh, I've got a friend who's really into Ghostbusters and I knew he was going to watch the new Ghostbusters a few times. I was mm-hmm. like, there's a speech between point A and point B at this point. Write that down for me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, Todd, this is definitely one that you need to do that with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much. Um, by the way, if y'all don't know Todd, this is Todd Turner with uh, Mosaic Fan Art. You can see his Batman fan art behind him. Um, this be on- sold. This be sold? Congratulations. Yeah, this is just a poster. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was recent. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And um. You, what show are you going to be at next? Uh, Lexington Comic Con, which comes uh, like the 24th through the 27th or whatever. I'm going to be doing a nerd church. I think it's at like 10 in the morning on Sunday, right before the con opens. So, um, yeah, we're going to do Batman getting adopted into the family. Yeah. And so, uh, you can also check out Todd on his uh, podcast with his daughter. Yeah. Um, Sis and Big Pops Culture. Yeah. yeah I got it's a family, family friendly nerd podcast family friendly nerd pos- i just got a fancy pen so awesome thank you you're welcome man <laughs> thank you um 
but yeah, you could check out Todd's stuff. His artwork is always fantastic. And he's one of the most passionate people in terms of comics and life I know in general. So I'm grateful for you, man. Thank um, you. But uh, thank you all for listening, watching, if you're watching this. And uh, if you've got commentary on the Batman, other than to say that it was trash or that you hated the squirrel suit, feel free to hit us up. And um, I love the squirrel suit. That the, the, uh, the same person that said it was trash, the following comment was, the squirrel suit was so stupid. That was like, out of I thought hours, it was fantastic. I was like, that's what you need. It makes more sense than just flapping around on a cape because that's not logical or um, having like magical stuff that gets real hard when you do electric current through it well i yeah. mean they set that up pretty well but it's like eh. they did you're right but the squirrel suit made a lot more sense i mean because it's you know a bat suit <laughs> there you go el rata a lot whatever a lot of <laughs> yeah all right i'm, I'm the worst deal. hispanic person in the world i can never speak spanish well <laughs> all right uh I'm going to go ahead and stop recording. Thank you all so much. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this and have a great day.